You're listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners where you learn the business side of running a group practice. I'm your host, Maureen Werbach. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is a practice management and EHR software that helps behavioral health professionals manage their practice with confidence and efficiency. I've been using Therapy Notes in my own group practice for about five or six years now, and they're hands down amazing. They've got a scheduling and to-do list that is so easy to look at, a notes template that is amazing and exactly what you need, billing that has accurate reports that you can use, credit card processing system, a client portal that's constantly being updated, security, and tech support that is amazing. You can call and actually talk to someone right away. If you're looking for an EHR that can give you everything you need to run your group practice smoothly, try Therapy Notes out by going to www.therapynotes.com forward slash the group practice exchange and you'll get two free months to try them out. Hey everyone, I am super excited today because we are doing our first of hopefully many real talks. So today I have Houston group practice owner Beatrice Craven with me and I'm really excited to talk with her um, on Real Talk on what it's like to have a group practice. And um, she is a super cool girl. If you don't know her already, she's got a lot of stuff going on in her group practice and um, another business that I'm sure she'll be bringing up throughout the conversation. And um, she's a super honest and raw person. So the perfect first person to do this Real Talk with. Hey, Beatrice. Hey, thanks again so much for having me on. Um... Yeah, I just, I really appreciate you like speaking to the authenticity because that's totally how I feel about you. <laughs> so, <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, so what we were going to do since this is our first, uh, first time around in doing this is we want to just have a conversation, Beatrice and I, and you guys, you listeners are going to be able to be flies on the wall while her and I are kind of having our talk. And um, so our topic for today is going to center around these, this global idea of um, what to do, um, what am I doing when it comes to my life and my group practice, and how to make decisions around growing or not growing, expanding or not expanding, and everything that kind of the nitty gritty things that go along with making those types of decisions. And, and so hopefully you listeners will enjoy this real talk. All right. So tell us about your practice. I know I said you're in Houston. Give us a little background on your practice, where you're at, and kind of how this topic is coming up for you. Yeah. So modern therapy is very much like a a boutique practice. So that's actually been a part of our challenges because we're growing, but, you know, we're we're trying to figure out um, how do we grow and stay small at the same time. So with that in mind, we're all private pay Um, Our team is very close, um, and what we've done is established a few different teams. So we focus with high-functioning professionals, and so a group in one location would be like nine different clinicians who get to support each other, you know, as we walk through the week together and really try to make an impact in the community. And so it is. A lot of our folks who come in, they're high performers. They're people just like us who um, a lot of them have a tendency to be Um, at times like over performers even like they're doing really well in so many parts of their lives they just like want to be really intentional they want to understand their stories better they want to understand themselves better they want to have like good and deep relationships and they want to be with people who get that and so we do have this like growth lean to things we do therapy and coaching for professionals 
And so um, it's been a wild ride and so beautiful. Yeah. And so recently, part of your ride was um, securing a new pretty large location, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's that. really funny. I remember I had started a, a coaching relationship. Um, this is true for myself and our whole group for sure. Is we're really big into doing our own work. And so that means like we all have our own therapists, you know, we all, we all like are actively involved in like challenging ourselves and all that kind of thing. And so anyway, it was really funny because um, my coach had reminded me of that the other day because he was like, Hey, you remember like we actually started our relationship because you were looking for someone um, to like bounce this idea off of like whether or not you should buy a building. And um, it's really cool because like now, you know, we're here, you know, we've acquired it, you know, we're in the renovation phase of all of that. But it was funny even then because like he was able to call me out on stuff because he was just like, do you um, like, what do you really need me for? You know, when it comes to buying a building, I'm like, really, I'm just looking for someone who's going to agree with me and say, yes, this is a good idea. You should go for it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's exactly what I look for. uh, So often I already know what um, I can do and the directions I I can go. And so um, oftentimes it's, it's, just wanting someone to say you're yeah you're doing well keep keep going wherever you're going um and, and sometimes depending on the people that we have in our life um you know my mom works for me uh is as the practice manager and she's um a very low risk person so when i talk about what's going on she's always like oh, i don't know how you do all that like uh there's always this like uh, anxiety that comes out of her um that can easily um transfer over to me and make me second guess and be like hmm, maybe i shouldn't be doing this so it's nice to um, sometimes I have just a person in the room that can say, you, you, you got it, whatever you're doing, you got it. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. And actually it's so funny that you say that because I was having a conversation with my dad the other day and he's like, you know, like, you know, cause I, I noticed like I would stop talking to him about certain things that are business related, you know, cause he's just like very disconnected from like the, the business world. And so like, he might just like ask certain questions and just like, it doesn't have the same weight, you know, like you're my yeah. dad, like, you know, you, like ask a question or like come with any kind of doubt or skepticism. I'm like, Oh, like that's, that's, mm, that's, that's hard. That's hard yeah. you know, from anyone. So yeah, yeah even if it's not, you know, like I think you receive it that way, but it's not, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And it, because they don't have that business mind or at least not in our industry sort of business mind. Um, they, they sometimes ask questions that, um, don't give the full picture of what we're doing. And so when they ask certain questions, like same with my mom, um, she'll often be like, when, you know, when are you going to be done? Done. And I'm like, I don't know. This is <laughs> the beauty of it all is like, as I go, um, things change. I never have a set thing that I'm going to do for the next five years. I don't have 10 years down the line planned out. Um, I do have my next year planned out and I know the direction I want to go. And in, in a year, I reevaluate those things. And sometimes I become more comfortable with what was the unknown last year and scary last year. And now it's not so scary anymore. So I'm ready to move forward again. Um, we'll see, you know, who knows how long it'll be before I kind of settle in what we, what I have. And it's just, I think part personality too, you know, there's certain personality types that just are need to keep moving forward and don't stop and continue to grow. And and some that um, can, can feel good with where they're at. And for some reason, for me, I I love being challenged. I love having the next opportunity or challenge to kind of tackle and work through. So 
you know, that's so hilarious because that's like exactly how I operate. You know, people are like, yeah, like what's your, what's your, you know, 10 year plan? Like I have no idea. Yeah. You know? And especially the way that I work, it's just, it's like things evolve. Like there could be totally something that develops that like, I just never knew that we needed to move in that direction, but that ended up being like the surprising cool new place that we needed to go. It's just, it's, it's so hard to predict in my mind, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think when you plan so far ahead, it almost stops you from being creative in mm-hmm. your business decisions because you're, you've kind of already set that path so that you can't ever maneuver outside of it. And so although I have general ideas on where I want to go now, this next year, um, I, one of my favorite parts of being a group practice owner is the fact that I can think creatively. Um, and I, I like to look outside the box and see what fun opportunities there are that I can get into, but also, you know, what is the community asking for that maybe I haven't even been looking at? Yeah, no, like a thousand percent. Yeah. So relating to this, you're now in this place where you've got this new um, space that you're not even done getting Mm -hmm. set up. And before we started recording, you said you're already, you've already filled it up, right? Yeah, yeah. We're already maxed out on the new space. So um, it's really challenged me to start thinking of okay, so does that mean we go into like a next space or like, what would that look like? And, um, you know, even like balancing all those things. It's like, oh my God. I mean, cause it's also like a huge cost, right? Yeah. Like there's just so much moving right now to think about, you know, having more moving while, you know, like one project isn't even like done yet. You know, it's just a really big commitment, you know? Yeah. I feel like that's exactly the space I'm in right now because, um, and, and this all started from a conversation you and I had when you visited <laughs> Chicago, what was that, six months ago or so? Um, uh-huh. I blame you for it. Um, I was talking with you and I was like, God, you know, I, this, I've always had this, I always call it the trifecta of locations, these three locations and this third location in that, that zip code opened up. Um, and, but my first location, which is my headquarters where I'm at right now, um, at the same time was saying you can take over the whole first floor of this building, which would like triple it. It would uh, allow for about 20 office spaces. Um, and it's happening at the same time. You know, of course the way things work, they needed, they need to know I'm still in this conversation by the way with them. Um, but I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like that's two things at once. And you're like, just go for it. And I was like leaving, driving home being like, yeah, just go for it. I literally that day emailed my third location person and was like, I'll take it. Emailed my headquarters location. was like, let's start the negotiations. And so uh, today is officially the first day. All my therapists, six of them are in the new location starting today. Um, And I'm like inches away from signing a lease to extend this location, which has six offices to 20. So like you were saying, I feel like things happen always all at once. It's either like a dry spell or a hundred things like at once and you got to just balance them all. That's so funny. I'm so glad I could be your yes man that day. (laughs) Yeah, you definitely were my yes man. I I loved it. I mean, everyone else was like, ooh, that's scary. You know, my mom, why, why another space? That's, that's a, that's a, and it's a big space. It's a huge space. It's um, around 4,000 square feet. So it's just a lot to furnish and and set up. And as a whole brand new third location, it's uh, in an area that we haven't marketed in before. It's just, you know, a lot all at once. Um, and my husband was like, well, it's going to be a lot of work. You're going to be gone from home a lot more than you usually are. And, um, you know, clinicians who are like, what is this going to mean for us? And so a lot of uh, concern and and fear. And then 
I sat with you <laughs> and our conversation was like, yeah, uh, it's time. You got to do that. And I was like, I'll take the easy. Yes, that's what I wanted. I guess it goes back to where you started this conversation is you wanted someone to just say, do what you are wanting to do. And that's kind of what you gave me that day was go do it. You'll be fine. <laughs> oh man. And like, oh, I, I've been playing this with this, even like with my own clients, you know, um, bottom line, like what is your bottom line? You know, like sometimes like when they're like mental chatter starts to, and they're like, and it's usually when they're chewing on things that are really important. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, what's your bottom line? Cause usually you can gut your gut check yourself pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, at least for myself, I know like when I'm being like scared and when I'm, I'm being fearful, but because this is the exciting thing and this is the big yes. thing, and like, I know that like I need to take a step in this direction. Yeah. And so like, I, I just like love that. of just like, you know, what's your, what's your bottom line? You know, just like, I gotta like, let's do it. You know, so what's your bottom line? Well, I definitely feel so much better now um, that I've like, really committed to this decision. Cause that, again, like it's hard because it's like, it's all scary. Yeah. Um, but I was just kind of like teetering on this line because I was like, Oh man, you know, what do we do? Like we're already, you know, we've already grown to this size. Yeah. How do we grow and stay small at the same time? But you're right. Like this is so, this is so true about like our positions that we get to be creative. So it's like, what are the unique problems that like, I feel like I'm facing for us because that might not be a problem for someone else, depending on what their end game is and their vision is like, cool. Like, no, like, let's just keep growing. Right. But um, for us, it's like, it's culture. It's like how we grow and learn together. Like there's a sense of like cohesion in our team. That's like very, very special and important. And so for me, it would be like, wow, no, like, you know, if we do this and it would be like basically just like replicating my model within another location and like really just having like to design things out and write like that is, it's a, that's a really big commitment. It's exactly like, you know, like your husband was saying, like, you know, that's, that's going to be a big ask. And yeah. It's like, it is a big ask. And so that was part of the fear, you know, it's like, you so know, you're telling me you figure you've decided you're going to do another location. Yeah. So, oh, you have? Okay. Awesome. So I am like, I'm still, um, you know, finalizing some of those things. So, um, we already like, so we started hiring for our second team already. So we've already actually hired a couple people. Um, we're, um, I'm like, wait, do you have a second location? So we don't, but like we have, it's kind of complicated because right now, um, we have two basically temporary locations where we're at. I say that it's, it's been our long-term space. It's not our forever home basically. And so we're still there and we've been um, bringing in like this, basically it's like, a, this, like, it's very beautiful, but like a beautiful backup location to help us with the overflow right now. Yeah. And so, um, we have enough space to like accommodate everyone now, but basically um, most of our team's going to move into the building that we'd bought. And then um, I've already been doing research to figure out, okay, like, what is our next location going to be? So we have like several months to be able to just kind of float within our current spaces. So we'll be covered for a little bit. But yeah, um, that's been the next question. It's like, so I already made the commitment to like, cool, okay, we're going to have another team. I'm hiring like a new team lead, which should basically be like the me of like that location. Um, we're going to have a bridge so that we can all be together. And so we're, we do still feel connected as like one company and one group. Um, but we, we each have our home, you know, and so like we each have like our work fam, you know, that we have to support us like throughout the week, which makes me like super excited. Yeah, and that's something we had to implement um, more recently um, because two of our locations are, all three of our locations are really close um, to each other. But with the two locations, we um, replicated it by having clinicians from the first location going into the second location to bring the culture over. And myself and my clinical director and my 
um, practice manager slash mom who are also working out of the second location to kind of replicate that. And we learned that um, with the opening of a third location, it's just not possible to be in three places all the time. And so we put this whole training together and we have now site supervisors so that there's someone that really, it's like a mini franchise in a way, minus Mm -hmm. them having to own it and pay money up front to franchise. They essentially get to um, control that space um, and we have this whole protocol, training protocol for the supervisors so that um, they know how to become mini me's over in those mm-hmm. locations and bring over the culture. We're very similar in that sense is that culture is um, one of the things that makes our practice so successful and why we have low turnover um, and, and high client retention and client satisfaction and clinician satisfaction is that we have put this culture together. And so it's the my problem has never been filling client or clinician schedules. It's making sure that satisfaction for the clinicians is there and that they're feeling like they're part of this, this workplace culture. And so by having these site supervisors, it's made um, a big difference because now people in our one location know who to go to when they need support. People at another location know who to go to when they need support. And then every month we get all together as a large group and get to have that collaboration that's among the locations. Um, and then we have a meeting every month with all the site supervisors and the clinical director and I so that we can work through leadership issues and talk about and just grow and learn as leaders as well. Um, and it seems to be working really well. So I'm, I'm excited oh, for that. So much. Yeah, I do hear a good amount of similarity. Yeah, because I mean, like, like you were saying, like different ways, like how can you, you know, bring in the culture and that kind of thing. And so that part has actually been really exciting because especially like since we already have a couple new team members, um, that's been like such an explicit part of the conversation of like, y'all are like the first, y'all are like the anchors yeah. and like the culture creators, like of the next team. And yeah. so that makes me super excited because like, you know, I think like we naturally have this like yearning for like leadership or feeling like we're doing things that feel meaningful. So it's yeah. really cool for them to um, like take that ownership and be like, cool. Like, yes. You know, yeah. like, it, um, they really take that to heart. So it's cool. Yeah. I feel like I learned a really big lesson on replicating culture when I opened my second location because it felt like it came so naturally with my main location. Um, And I had one of my hard learns in group practice ownership was in opening my second location and realizing that it doesn't just naturally happen. And it's not something um, that I was almost pretty lucky that it did happen this first time around. Um, And it took seeing that it didn't just naturally flow into the second location to adjust some of um, some of what we were doing so that that culture piece was being um, put on the forefront um, and intentionally being worked on. And I think that's something that a lot of practice owners kind of forget about is um, that it's something you have to work on. It just, it does not come naturally and it's not, people don't know what you want when it comes to culture and what their role is in workplace culture. And so you really have to work at it. Oh, totally. And I think it helps too. Like we're, um, we're really intense with our hiring process. Yeah, I know you are. (laughs) I remember your process, (laughs) but you hire literally the best of the best. Oh my God. And and with that in mind too, like, right. Like we already have a very strong indication of like their personality, you know, at that point too. So I will say that that part's like really, really help make it feel more seamless. Mm -hmm. Is it like, you know, and we'll even like describe people that way. It's like, oh my God, I met them. They're so fam. Like they are fam, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'm so excited that you're, that you're deciding to open that second location. Yeah. The place that I'm at now, it's, it's, it's tough because, um, so you have like a few 
locations. And are are you leasing all of them actually? Yeah. Chicago is just impossible for purchasing. Yeah. Yeah. And so exactly. So that's the kind of thing. And so um, I'm running into some of those, um, you know, experiences now just because like Houston for the most part, um, it's so um, it's not zoned. So that part is like really interesting. Like, um, it can make it easier actually. It's like, Oh, I can like buy a property that's like really run down and like, just like turn the whole thing around, you know, in an area that might still be gentrifying. Like, it's just like, it, it makes the opportunity a lot easier in some respects than it might like in Chicago. Yeah. And so, um, you know, with that in mind, I'm like looking at this leasing space. It's like, I think it would be like in such a, you know, like a perfect location for what like we're looking for. Um, but you know, when you add everything up and like, right, like I'm more of like an idealist, you know, I, I really design the spaces like for the team and to help like support them and like their growth and like them feeling like happy and healthy, you know, within their spaces that um, it's not cheap, you know? So like I add all these things up and it's just like, you know, I realize there are certain things that really like aren't negotiable, you know, for me. And so tell me like what? Well, so all of our spaces, um, you know, there's certain things like, well, for one, I want people to feel like really comfortable within their spaces. So, um, we don't do office chair right now. We currently do. And again, it's just out of necessity. Um, but we will, you know, reach a point whenever we move over that everyone's going to have like their own like primary office. And so again, just like with the culture piece of it, it's more of the mindset of my keys always under the mat for you. So yeah. if someone like needs something, we will always have an open door. But we really have a primary home that'll allow me to like design my schedule however I need to to fit in my life. Because again, like the the philosophy behind that for me is just like bigger picture, end game. If my people are happy, if they feel balanced, like they're not only going to do a better job, they might even feel more energized to be able to go like, you know what, like. I think I can actually do like 25 clients a week versus maybe 20. You know what I mean? Exactly. And so it's like it really like feeds like back into everything. Like if they're happy, if they're taken care of, if they're supported, like everything will work out, you know? I always joke that um, for me, it's I um, in, in retail, it's the customer's always right. And for me, I care more about the clinicians than I do about the clients. And I say it as a joke because obviously I care about the clients, but in reality, when I take care of and prioritize the clinicians, they do their, they do their best work, which in turn makes clients happy. And so, um, I always put my focus on making sure that I'm providing everything that they need, um, and being available to them and, and giving a space that can promote, them being able to do their best work and that they're working the hours that makes them feel the most energized and that gives them the most amount of balance, you know, whatever that means. Um, right. Because then that's when they do their best work. Yeah. So like, you know, for us, it's things like, okay, um, you know, everyone has natural light, you know, in some way for some people it's direct for some people it might be a little bit more indirect in that it might be like a skylight or something like that. But like, like everyone needs to have like natural light, Um, we have, um, a kitchen, we have, um, a shower, we have a meditation room, you know, workout. That is amazing. You know, there's so many, right. Like that. And those are like the things I get excited about. Cause I'm like, um, I'm like, Oh, doing research on things. I'm like, you know, why don't we, um, like get like a Peloton or something. Uh, And Can I work in your practice? (laughs) (laughs) Excited, You know, I'm like, Oh, it just like warms my heart to imagine that like, you know, that they're in spaces where it's like, you know, it's so hard. And like for some of our folks, their parents too, it's like, and it's like hard to, you know, find time to take care of themselves for all these things. So 
you know, um, the idea that they can take care of their, their needs, you know, within like a certain time frame that they're, they're with us, you know, I just, it feels really good for me. That's awesome. Um, so circling back to, cause we're almost at the end here. Um, feeling like the starting question was, you know, what am I doing? And am I doing is, is what I'm doing part of the intention of my group practice? Um, how are you feeling about that? Cause I feel like I didn't realize that you actually made the decision to, to go the second space route. I thought you were still contemplating if you wanted to do that. How are you feeling about having made that decision in relation to your overall intentions for the practice? And Yeah, you know, I feel so good about it. I feel like um, when I made the decision to hire my first person for the other team, like I knew I was locked in. <laughs> like, yeah. as soon as that, you know, it was like, that means the second space is coming. Like, yeah. there's just no way otherwise, like it's just, just going to happen. And yeah, so- I feel like that does that for me too, is usually when I make a decision that, like that feels like you can't turn around on like hiring someone. It totally frees up any congestion that I was having internally related to that. Um, so I, I tend to be sometimes a person that like um, just does, you know, mm-hmm. make takes that next step. Um, even when I'm feeling uh, some hesitation, because usually it's the hesitation of like, fear of the unknown versus a hesitation on, is this an actual good idea or not? You know, what we were talking about in the beginning, you always know, you know, you talk with your clients about this, you said, but you know um, what your heart is saying and you know what that like quick a- answer is. And that hesitation, if it, if the hesitation comes from that end, then, you know, it's not a good step to move forward right at that moment. But mm-hmm. for me, the hesitation tends to be more about the what ifs and is this a, you know, the larger picture. And so sometimes making those decisions can make, just the answer that much more solidified and like, yep, we're doing it. Now it's happening. And you know, and that's the thing, right? Because like for us, right? Like if if one of my values is like around impact, you know, it's like I can problem solve. And that's usually been, that has been the fear of like, I've never been here before and it's a big commitment. So it's just kind of like, it does, it's going to require a lot of like courage for me and like really showing up. And it's just, it's going to be hard. Like it's not, (laughs) nothing about this is like, easy. Um, but man, like whenever you feel like I am totally living in alignment, like I am looking at what I've created and it feels really good. Like I, I feel like these are all things I'm going to look back on and feel like super, super solid about. Um, but they are, yeah, they're, they're big commitments. And I think like even what made it easy for me to like, to be your yes, man, it's just like when the processes are there, the vision is there, you know, it's like, we'll figure it out. Like, you know, it's not like starting something brand new from the beginning, you know, it'll come like there's so much has already been created here. You know, if that's, that's where you're feeling it, it's like, yeah, you, you'll pick up everything that you need on the way. Yeah. That's a good, good way to end it. I was going to say, um, I always look at, you know, the idea of grit and, and when you have grit, you have what you need to make things work, even when things aren't working. Um, And that's something that I know within myself. At the end of the day, I know that my business will never fail because I just won't let it. Like I I have what is inside to make every problem become fixed at some point. I have what it takes to not give up. And um, I think that plays a big role in feeling good about making really scary decisions like taking on a huge third location or deciding to make a second location is um, knowing that you have um, not that give up mentality or that grit. 
Yeah. And like, I, I joke about it, but I, I really mean it. You know, it's just kind of like, I recognize now that was one of the things that, you know, graduate school prepares you for a lot, but it doesn't really prepare you for business, yeah. but it does prepare you for grit. You yeah. know, I'm mean, like, I feel like, you know, um, getting a PhD requires just like so many different like hoops and things, you know, just like graduate school in general, like there's so many things you have a timeline in mind and like, you know, it, it doesn't come together and you feel like your life's falling apart, you know, and there's certain things that it's more um, kind of this illusion that things like everything is dire when really like it will all come together. Like you just got to like give it a minute, you know, and just figure out, okay, it's just another thing I have to figure out. So I was like super thankful. I'm like, yeah, you know, my graduate school, you know, experience like broke my spirit (laughs) 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 and and rebuilt it again. (laughs) I got through the whole thing. So, you know, that's awesome. That's a great, a great way to, to look at how to use your graduate experience and, and all of that for business growth. Um, I feel like every time you open a new location, no matter how much you feel like you have it figured out, like I was planned to the T. I knew every single thing I needed. I'd scheduled them months ahead of time. I knew on the first, this was coming on the second. These two things were coming on the third. And every single thing didn't happen when yeah. it was supposed to. And I went through a mode of, why am I doing this? And at the end, I was like, this is like the joke of the century. This is just how it is. Why did you think it was going to be any different? Just because you planned really well? You can't, you can't manage other people and what they are supposed to be doing and all the things that went wrong related to other people needing to deliver something or to provide something to me. Um, but that's all I, I think at the end of the day is uh, just a part of the journey. If it all went well, like how boring would that be? You know? Yeah, I know we say, even though we would love to, but <laughs> right. And like, I, I finished the thought and it does sound super scary, but I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't know when the building's going to be done. Hmm, I don't know where I'm going to put this person, you know, like <laughs> we're back Saturday. I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do. You know, like, it's like really scary. It was just like, whatever, like yeah. we'll figure it out. We always do. Right. That's the, end, that's the end thing is that you always figure it out. As long as you have that like mentality of taking care of things. Now there's a, you know, I've seen people who don't know what they're doing, but they also aren't prioritizing figuring those things out. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as, you know, and you and I both have that, if we're, if, as long as we know this thing has yet to be figured out, but it's on, it's in the front of my mind and it is important for me to figure it out, then yeah, at the end of the day, you will. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's so awesome talking with you and please um, keep me posted. I'd love to see what is happening with your second location when you figure out where it's going to be and um, how big it's going to be. I'd love to to learn more about it. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. I'm going to be meeting with the architect and again, like hoping that, you know, this will be the location. Um, Are you going to be buying another one or renting this one? So, um, so yeah, that's why I would be looking at leasing. Okay. This location. So that might mean a bigger commitment though, like in terms of time and all that. Yes. Yeah. With this space, they're wanting a 10 year lease because the build out is about a hundred thousand dollars and um, I have to pay for it, but they would pay it up front and put it into my lease, like add it on top of my lease. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now is deciding, do I want a 10 year lease? Uh, I'm trying to negotiate him down to maybe mm-hmm. seven. He's down to eight as of right now. <laughs> so that's, that's going to be my next bargaining chip. Cause it's been three, um, three years, what he'd been talking about and I do get an allowance, but I would be still with the allowance out currently at $130,000 in terms of like things I wouldn't get back. Yep. So I'm like, okay, we have room to negotiate this. Um, exactly. 
and yeah, for me to really reflect on like what I'd be willing to put into it of my own, you know? Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's all for, oh my gosh, we could have a whole nother conversation yeah. when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, enjoy your, what day of the, is, are we on Monday? Today's the yeah. first day, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. My days are all turned around. I've I gone know. 14 days straight since the first, just being in that third location. I don't even remember what day of the week it is. So enjoy the rest of your Monday. I will see you around. It was so good talking to you. Yeah. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Group Practice Exchange podcast. We'll see you next time.